What is up, everybody? We are back. Week three of college football. I'm Jeff. That's Mo Murphy from Up in Flames, both from the Off the Ball Network. And we're here to talk about week three of college football. Mo Murphy, how you feeling, man? Uh, I'm feeling great. I mean, we got a great weekend of college football. In my opinion, I think we got a great weekend of NFL football. I get oh, to yeah. enjoy a victory Monday Monday two times. Uh, both of my teams won. <laughs> so, you know, I thought it was going to be a very somber, like, uh, as long as Ohio State wins, then I'm good and I'll be okay and sane throughout uh, the football season. But we got a big win for us and, you know, a solid victory for the Cowboys. Kind of pulled it out as nobody counted us to win the game, including myself. Um, so, yeah, it's a great weekend. And then we just got to see some great games, like period, college football, some things to take away. Um, and then NFL included, like since we are, you know, recording this after NFL Sunday, like I do think, you know, the NFL is just it's the greatest time in the world. It was, right? it, it, yeah, it is. I, I had a good weekend too. Uh local high school team won. you know, Buckeyes had a walkthrough base, sort of um, let's talk more about that on Buckeye remix um, played very well. Let's put it that way. And then uh, my Miami Dolphins stole a win from the Ravens yesterday, but and actually looked like like the team, like the best, you know, the best offense I've seen from the Dolphins since Marino. So, uh, yeah, exciting weekend, man. It was a lot of fun. So um, we'll talk about some things that are fun. We're going to talk about some things that aren't fun. So if you're new to the show, we kind of go through the biggest winners and biggest losers. It could be teams. It could be players. It could be whatever we think. It's not a breakdown of each game. It's uh, what we learn, what we took away from what we think is the most important or the, or the biggest games of the weekend. So uh, I always start with Mo on this. Uh, and um, you know we'll, we'll lead it off with the with the best win. So, Mo, who's who had your biggest wins, best wins of the weekend? Oh, uh, Penn State definitely. <laughs> I think we got to put them in. Uh, first off, and it's obviously you know I hate the SEC. So anytime a Big Ten goes into SEC country and absolutely blows the doors yeah. off of a team. Um, I, I will always enjoy it. Sorry, Zach, that it was your Auburn Tigers that did it, but. Penn State looked good. I mean, they looked solid. That's two years in a row. Yeah, that and yeah, and then that freshman running back, he looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I got to give it to Penn State. Um, on the slower side of the Big Ten, I got to give it also to Washington. I know you'll get into that as well, but I mean, Washington <laughs> beating Michigan State at home. Um, I seen some. I wasn't able to really watch the game. I was watching Ohio State, but like, I seen clips of that crowd, and like I've been to a Washington game, so I understand like their atmosphere, like. They love their football teams. Like, it doesn't matter how good or how bad. Like, Washington loves the Huskies, and they love the Seattle Seahawks. So, with them they being sh- right down the street from it, each other, that's an environment. And I agree with both those. I had them on there also just for, like you said, Penn State goes to Auburn. Like, it's hard to explain. I'm not a, I'm not a Big Ten guy, but I do get offended by, like, the implication that, you know, us folks that live up here, you know, in the Great Lakes area, just don't understand what real football is. We, we can't play it at that level, the speed difference and on and on and on that we've heard, especially since the 2006 Florida beatdown of Ohio State. That's when it really kicked off. And we have not heard the end of it year after year after year. Every time they the SEC wins a Citrus Bowl, it's a big deal every time. And I get it. They, there's The SEC has had a, a really good run. But Penn State, who is at best the third best team in the conference, what we think right now, went down there curb stomped, you know, one of the biggest brands in college football. Um, yeah. That they should be happy about that. It was a good win. As far as Washington, that's who I had as my biggest winner overall. Uh, Penix Jr. looked great in that game. He looked like he did two years ago with Indiana when uh, you know they were riding his arm. 
And mm-hmm. it and what I have for my note is we've talked about it because of the preseason polls, like you got to fight through that. This launched Washington into the conversation now. Like now, now they're good. Like uh they'll they'll get ranked proper or not properly, but they'll get ranked in accordance to a potential playoff team that they are. All of a sudden a pack ten looks really good. I mean, a pretty top heavy, but good after after um, you know, a, well, I'll just go on to it, another winner I had, Oregon. Uh Great, much needed win by Oregon after the embarrassment, of, you know, by Georgia. They look good. They run all over BYU, who we heard all week. You know, that was the team. They were underrated because they're an independent and on and on and on. And that's a tough situation to be in. And then Oregon just blows your doors off. And now BYU's chances, of, you know, a playoff are gone. So um, Washington, Oregon, uh, now you got USC in the Pac-10. All of a sudden, it's a solid Pac-10, <laughs> future Big Ten, which is yeah. still still weird. Uh, well, not all of them, but in general. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree that they're good winners. And another winner I had, I'll, I'll throw another one in there before, and then I'll let you get back. Uh, I thought Oklahoma was a winner as far as they got to blast Nebraska, uh, an old-time despise rival uh younger people probably don't really care and i don't blame you because nebraska has been hasn't it hasn't been a rivalry for a while since nebraska came to the big 10 but i remember it so i know it means something to oklahoma plus i think it solidified oklahoma as like we're we're a playoff contender like we're good across the board our quarterback looks good defense looks better like we're, we're a contender so i thought that was a, a a great win for oklahoma so yeah that that was my four winners right there yeah, I got to – so A&M, I think just A&M real quick, bounce it back, beating a ranked team. How have you valued Miami? I mean, I, essentially, whatever. But A&M bouncing back, and I think Appalachian State winning that game the way they did for the viral moment for the world to see, to <laughs> understand, like, this is the team that just beat A&M. I know they were playing, what, Troy? So yeah. I understand. But, like, this was a big deal. Like, Appalachian State, like, wasn't game day. Game day was in – Yeah, and boom. Boom. So our friend Jeremy Barnes, hometown, Boone, North Carolina, showed yeah. up. So like, so they were. So this was a big deal for Appalachian State, and then that viral, obviously, hell Mary to win the game. Like, I think the better App State goes on to play this year, if they're a ten and two, even nine and three, maybe like it doesn't make the A and M loss look as bad, especially when they That's turn true. right back around um, and physically dominate Miami. I mean, it was a low scoring game, kind of as expected, but. They kind of physically dominated, got their get back at home. Now they have a quality win. Uh, I still think they're in the position where they have to win out, but still they have a quality win under their belt and they, they had to win. Let's put it that way. Yeah. They at least get to keep fighting. Um, Ole Miss, I think looked amazing. I know they played Georgia tech, but yeah. Ole Miss is a team. And I hate this because I have to give credit to Walker, but like Ole Miss is a team that I think the past three years, what they have actually been doing has to be applauded. Like, when are we going to have the conversation that, yes, we can hang on to what Lane Kiffin was in his younger days? Maybe he's just a great college football coach. Like it, They, they look Saban? they look no. good. Yeah, like, is he Nick Saban? No. Is he Ryan Day? Probably not. Is he, you know, like, is he up there of the top three up es- upper echelon of college coaches? No, but, like, maybe Lane Kiffin is meant to coach a team like Ole Miss and, and take them somewhere, like, they look like a viable team. And like I said, I get it against Georgia Tech, but if you look at their offense for the first three weeks, like their offense has been very productive, have done everything you and need. They run the, the ball more years now. They've been doing that. They're yeah, and they actually have, now. They got which, show, which shows like 
Kiffin adjusted his team. Uh, he's playing to his players' strengths. I was very impressed with I, – I got to go back and just watch some of the game. I won't pretend I watched the whole thing. But, like, what I saw was like, okay, this is a good physical team. I thought their defense looked pretty good last year. Their defense looks good again this year. They've got, you know, they've got good athletes. On, they got guys that look the part and can do it. As some of these teams, like, I don't care how well you coach them, they're – it just sometimes it comes down to the Joes and some teams just don't have them. Ole Miss looks like they can compete. They're going to, they're going to, they're not only can they have a really good season, they're, they're going to ruin somebody's season this year. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't know exactly their schedule, but somebody's going to, somebody's going to get whooped by Ole Miss that didn't expect to. So yeah, that's, that's actually, um, that's actually a good one there. Yeah. And then the Pac 12, real quick. Like, I just got to give the credit to the back. Yeah. You, you said it, but great weekend. Remember, like week one, you, you, myself, and like Walker. Like we had talked about, like they could get discredited after week one and we never talk about the Pac-12 again. And then two weeks later, they turn around and like the Pac-12 is respectable. <laughs> yeah. Like Oregon got a quality win after getting smacked by Georgia. It's for one thing. I just want people to understand, like Oregon is a good team just because yeah. they got smacked by Georgia. Like all that told us is yeah. they're not a playoff team. They, they can't play with Georgia at that like, moment. They're not. Yeah, they but, might be. They're a good team, and they're going to win some good games. USC is looking impressive. I think USC is looking. They haven't played that key major game. Yeah. They played their two trap games, where Stanford typically is a trap game for them every year, and so is Fresno State. Those are teams that tend to play them really close. So I got to give USC for making it and blowing the doors through a, through those trap games, and now they have another trap game at Oregon State this week. Who They're only a touchdown favorite, which I am surprised, but I think this Oregon State team is better than everybody thought. So – I got to get like the Pac-12 is now back alive with USC being undefeated, Oregon having a quality win, Washington being undefeated and having a quality win. Um, Utah has bounced back up in the yeah. rank. When you look like, yeah, they're kind of top heavy, but those teams are ranked. And like if USC makes it through that slate and beats all of them, like they're undefeated Pac-12 champs and easily are going to the playoffs Absolutely. and will get kind of respected. And, and, so. and what's important about that is, and I'm not, this isn't an anti-SEC like take. I'm just using them as an example. I'll say the Big Ten too. They, they Both the SEC and the Big Ten have, each of them have two teams that people think could make the playoffs, you know, in the same year. The Pac-12 being relevant puts pre like kind of starts taking that away. Like if it gets down to the end, you know, Alabama, High State, Michigan, one of those teams loses that championship game. That Pac-12 is going to slide in there. They're they're going to be yeah. there to take that spot or be already be ahead in the spot. So it does put pressure on you know the the big two conferences uh, so far too. So I, I like that about it. yeah. Pac-12 is having a great year, and I just like to see it. It's a it's football. It's on later at night. It's always it just seems like it's always nighttime. Always looks good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So I, I totally agree. So on the other side of that, let's talk about some of the worst losses. Some of these are going to coincide. I'll, I'll start, uh, one of your, one of your wins was Penn state. So I'll go ahead and start the Auburn conversation. Um, you can't, you, you schedule this game. You know, everybody says, I dare you to schedule, dare you to schedule these teams, you know, in the spring and all this, they do. And Penn state goes down there, you know, stomps them. Like Auburn's left and change. Like it's one of those losses to where, like, what do we do? Um, yeah. I don't know where we go forward as a program. It was that kind of loss, and it also is one of those things. I recognize if Auburn wins that game, like that, you're never going to hear the end of it. You know, they would have jumped Auburn up to whatever. They'd have given them a chance against Alabama. So um, bad loss. I don't. I you know, it just. I don't, I don't know where you go. It's just, it was just a tough loss, and it's it's fine. Like sometimes you have those. Yeah, I, I definitely I agree with you. Like Auburn is one of my bad losses as well. I mean, you just you can't 
you can't you, you're a big time brand. And I, I get it. Like I was told, you know, Auburn probably wasn't going to be that good this year. But right. sitting there at two and oh, and still like you, you got to be viable. Like you had to look competitive, like yeah. you got bullied and, and pushed around. And that's not something yeah. that you're used to saying about an SEC team, period. I don't care who they play yep. unless it's a, the upper echelon. Like you got bullied, pushed around by Bama. Like, OK, that's understandable. We know they have a plethora of guys that are going to the NFL. So it's a little more understandable. But like for Penn State to come in there and play bully ball and mm. really just roll through at home, like that that's a disappointing loss. And then, you know, Michigan State, like I know we take Washington, but then like Michigan State, Ooh. like the world is telling you they're ranked number 11. Um, and you kind of just got wiped. Like, I mean, like you said, Penix Jr. looked like the Indiana Penix Jr. Yeah, that looked great. You know, played played a close game uh, against Ohio State a couple years ago. Like, he did look like that guy. And Washington looks like they got some players. And so, like, we talked about Utah and USC uh, and Oregon coming into the season. But, like, I think we have a new Pac-12 contender in Washington. And do they build off of this or do they do what teams like – Penn State and Washington and some of those like Kentuckys who they have a quality yeah. win and then go blow it the next week like those mid tier in the high comp high conference got kind of guys you know what I'm yeah. saying like they yeah. have that great win and then they just blow it the next week like or do they build off of this and really understand that like what you showed on that field that day like you could play in the Pac-12 and possibly win it like I'm not saying now Washington goes undefeated they don't have an easy road but like they're real players in that conference now. And so now you have a different yeah. vibe around the team for the rest of the year. Practice is going to be different this week. Getting prepared for the game on Saturday is going to be different. Like it's just going to be different around Washington for the rest of the year, as and, long as they hold up their end of the bargain. And that's a terrible, you, know, you know, on the loss side of it, like we're talking about Michigan state, that's a terrible loss. Cause they needed that game you know, they've got Ohio state and they've got Michigan still on the schedule. And you know, that's, that's just left on, you know, that we know about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was going to be a game to where, like, hey, we played a good team in Washington and we won. You know, the, the, the ranking was obviously way off. There's no way that that was the 11th best team in the country. Now they don't have a launch pad game. You know, they, they dropped that. And then they have two of the best teams in the country coming up. You Even if they split those two, you know, they're a two-loss team. And everybody's going to be like, oh, they're really good. But they really lost all shot at, um, you know, especially in that – you know, their side of the big 10, like I, you know, maybe they got a shot, maybe they don't, but I don't, I don't, the path for them now to make the playoffs going into it. If you're ranked 11th, you got a path is, is very slim. And it was kind of a humiliating loss too. Like those sting a little worse when you get uh -huh. beat up like that. So yeah, bad loss by Michigan state. Um, another one I got on there as far as losers, and we're and again, we're saying losers. It's in fun here. None of these kids are losers. I hope no. any I hope everybody's got common sense and yeah. realizes we're talking because they lost the game. Um, BYU. And this one was my it's this was one of those games because say what you want. I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm an elitist. I like the big programs to be good because I think they've earned it. I think they do a lot of the extra stuff that these other programs aren't willing to do to get them to a different level. And so I can't stand it when you know, the upstarts or no, I shouldn't say upstarts. BYU is a legendary program, but I mean like these pro less lower profile programs now in college football are always like, ah, you're disrespecting us and you're just, you're beating the drum about how good you really are and give them a chance and on and on and on like Cincinnati last year. And then BYU gets, gets blown out by Oregon. It was never close. And then it kind of justifies like, yeah, this is what we thought about you. And you kept telling us we were wrong, but we weren't. 
Yeah, we were actually right about you. You're a good team, not as good as Oregon on that day. And uh, and as far as just like it, that really cripples their season. So BYU was was a was a was a big loss. Yeah, I think you know. To me, it's like it starts the conversation. One of my big losses, probably my biggest loss, to be honest, is the individual Spencer. Okay. Riley. Um, it's it's time to have a conversation that he's just not a guy. Like he's just not like he come in five star quarterback. I think he was the best quarterback in the country. Um, it didn't work out with Oklahoma. We seen flashes. There comes a point in time where like flashes just you eventually if you're telling me you're a first round quarterback or you're even an NFL caliber quarterback, those flashes come together at some point and you put together a good game. He was the number one considered the number one pick in the draft going into last season. Yeah, like it was looking forward, like it was like a tank for Rattler, and then like it was Rattler yes. and Stroud kind of conversation, like who could come out on top? It was a three three man race of three of the best quarterbacks we've seen, and then like if you look at his numbers, like you look at his numbers Saturday, thirteen to twenty five, one hundred eighteen yards and two interceptions. You think that's bad? This year in three games, seven hundred twenty one yards, fiftieth in the country, two touchdowns, tied for a hundred and first in the country. Five interceptions, oh. tied for 122nd. QBR 32.6. He is 108th in the country. I'm not. I don't. Is it his? Is it his head coach like a quarterback coach? Oh no, no, no. They got Beamer now, don't they? Yeah, but like the the problem is, I don't want to bag on Rattler because I did have hope for him coming in to South Carolina. Like maybe he just needed to air without the without the pressure of Caleb Williams sitting behind you. Like when you're a five star guy, not playing like the superstar we thought you were coming into college. And then you got this five-star superstar who was on your stature the year before, like it's pressure. So I know it's a little different, but I didn't expect him to be absolutely amazing playing for South Carolina in the sec. But like, you can't, I can't look at your stat line through three games and everything is a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred or plus. Like you are essentially one of the worst quarterbacks in college football right now. I hate to say it. I don't want to, but when you're a hundred something in every category that matters in the easiest part of this game, well, I guess they played Georgia, but the first, you know, the first two games early in the early in the years, you you tend to pad stats. Yeah. And you, you are a hundred, you're 50th in yards. So I'll give you, okay, you're up there in yards. There's still 49 quarterbacks ahead of you. You got two touchdowns this year. You've played two gimme games so far. Okay. I don't care about scoring seven points against Georgia. I expected that. Yeah, but you got two gimme games and you and you walk away with two touchdowns and five interceptions. That just it can't happen I for a guy that even transferring to South Carolina, people still thought like he'll turn it around and he'll be an NFL quarterback, even if it's later in the first round. Yeah, he's definitely I don't, I don't, I don't think he's even an NFL guy at all. I don't think he's a draft. I, he's an undrafted guy that maybe you hope somebody can finally unlock the talent five years down the line. Like he's just not an NFL guy to me. Yeah, he's it's not. It, it, it's not gonna. I, I watched a little bit of that game, you know, because it was the first game the other day, and he just didn't. He didn't look like the same kid I saw at Oklahoma, and it never looked like potential. Like there was never for one second. I'm like, oh, this this guy. Like, like compared to like, we're gonna talk a little bit about the high state game here in a minute. Compared to like Toledo's quarterback, who like that guy jumped off of the screen as far as like they're gonna get routed. But that is one of the best players on the field. And I mean that. Um, yeah. Rattler didn't do that against Georgia. Like he he didn't, he just um, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> you said it, you said like, it. I hate all. to bag him, but it is like that's just that's his predicament. Like you look at his stats, you look at his numbers, and it's like 
for everything. And I'm a guy who had hope. So like, I'm disappointed that like he transferred. Oh, yeah. To yeah. yeah if you go, you listen to our preview show. Like, we, we were all high on Rattler. Um, no, it's, it's fair. It's a, it's, it's kind of might be the end of the road, but hey, again, we always say he can have a, a wonderful life going forward. Not playing NFL football does not mean you're a failure in any way, shape or form, but yeah, at some point you gotta yeah you gotta look at from what you were like you, you said, can't be you season. can't be like undersized and not good like you can't be both like that's it, a bad combination in the NFL like I don't even see the arm talent that mm-hmm. I once saw at Oklahoma like it's like I don't know if it's mental or whatever but you know like I hope he turns it around and has a great nine games oh yeah me too season and and is able to like maybe he's a fourth or so, fifth round pick and we turn it around but. I just I don't feel like I'm watching an NFL quarterback and it's not just Georgia. Like I'm not just weighing his performance against Georgia. I don't think a lot of quarterbacks play good against Georgia, but I think a lot of quarterbacks play better. Bo Nix played better against Georgia than Spencer Rattler did. And Bo Nix did not. (laughs) Bo Nix got housed. Yeah. Like and he and he still played. I still felt like there was a little bit of hope with Bo Nix that like maybe he's decent. Maybe. Yeah. With Spencer Rattler, I just feel like it's got to be mental. I want him. I okay. So here's a rule I want put into place. I gotta like I'm gonna put this on my um one of my takeaways. I want them to let Bo Nix play quarterback till he's like 35. Um, he's not going to the NFL. Just let the guy keep playing. He's just fun. He's up and down. He's a roller coaster. He is a true like college quarterback. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, he does the part. He can win a big game. You know, it's not, there's no like, oh, you know, should he go pro? Like it's at that part's done. Kind of like rap. Actually, he's probably going to work his way onto an NFL team because he's probably just one of these guys that you're like, you just bring on the team. Like he'll be ready to play football every, every day for the rest of his life and never really be great at it as far as a quarterback. I just need a little bonus. It just gets a pass. He can just keep playing. He's like Clifford over there in Penn state. He's going to be 37 years old. He's gonna retire from college football, but um, he's like Tanner Morgan in Minnesota. So yeah, just keep playing. He's just ran himself bald, like he is <laughs> ran himself bald. It's crazy. We had a guy like that, but it'd be, honestly, it was I think it was before you were born. Um, Greg Fry played for Ohio State. I swear the guy played for seven years at Ohio State. He was, I mean, he was completely bald by the time he was done playing. Um, very average quarterback, but it was one of those like when you're a kid, you know, time like feels slow. Yeah, so, like imagine like I'm a kid. Greg Fry was a kid like half of my childhood. <laughs> He's a quarterback yeah, like, half my childhood. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's Bo Nix. Like, if you're seven years old, you don't know anything but Bo Nix. Yeah. Like, it's, he's been around. There's just certain guys that just, just they get around. I hope he plays his COVID year. Give me, give me more. Um, <laughs> oh, I know you want to talk about Florida real quick. Your beloved Gators. Oh, so here's why I say first <laughs> off, I don't, I don't like putting betting in, but. They were, ahead, they were 24 point favorites against USF. They were supposed to roll USF. They were supposed to bounce back and look strong against USF after losing to Kentucky, which is what a lot of people expected. I expected them to lose to Kentucky, but my voice held no water last week because I said they were going to lose to Utah. And that was just my hate for Florida. And they won. So now it's like, we don't care what you're talking about until like, all right, this is the Florida team we expected to see. And they struggled against USF. What's crazy is they should have lost to Utah. And then yeah, like they, they should have lost to Utah, but because they won, they didn't, they didn't. They, yeah. They bounced to, they jump up to number 12. And now all of a sudden we overvalue them as an sec team that that had one good win. And now they're, they could compete with the big dogs. They get humbled by Kentucky. And then I still think like, 
you've seen all the holes. Like, if you didn't see them in Kentucky because you're weighing it, like, Kentucky's probably a really good team this year. Like, I think we're valuing them. It's like, they're a good team. They're not Georgia. They're not Bama. Yeah. They'll make it through most of the season. Where you're looking at Florida and you're like, playing it tight against USF, like being down at one point, like, you know, in the second quarter and like having to fight for every inch to beat them by, you know, 31 to 28, Anthony yeah. Richardson kind of still looking like to come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, yeah. And it's, I, I think we, we might've got on the, the Richardson train might've left the station a tad early. He's going to, he's a good player, but after, after week one, um, we were we we invited him to New York. That might have well, been that might have yeah, been a knee jerk. Also blame that on like Mel Kiper too for telling yeah. us that he's going to go twelfth in his mock draft as a quarterback, and everybody's coming in saying he's going to be a Heisman candidate. So like he didn't even ask for this kind of evaluation or these expectations. But as the experts did put him on there, that's where you're thinking and when you're evaluating some of these guys. And like we understand not to do that, but still that's the light that he's looked at. And so for him. He's still a good player. Like you say, he's still a good player. I still think he's another year away from going to the yeah. NFL. I think he's going to need to return next year. Um, but at the same time, it's just like to go at home and, and do that against USF. Like that just well, you, you skated by. And I'm not sure that like, how can I value that as something great? And a lot of that comes from us. Like we're both, you know, huge Ohio State fans. And we know like you got to base a lot on expectations. You know, it's easy. It's easy to go through the scores, Florida one and move on. But we know is like what you need your team to look like when we play. Like we knew, we knew last year when high state beat Tulsa that that was terrible. And we knew that there was trouble. Uh, it's the same thing with the same thing with your saying with Florida, like, yes, you won, but you can't be blind. Like when you watch the, when you watch the tape, <laughs> it's going to look bad. And you know, you've come back to the pack. So I don't think that's unfair. So that does lead us, uh, lead me to my first uh, great question. Uh, you kind of, you kind of, oops, sorry about that. Lost a banner. Oh, I like that. Um, so let's get, back, let's get rid of worse losses here. We need, I need, I need a producer, Mo. I'm not going to lie to you um, all the time. But, uh, but the question is, cause you brought up, you've brought up this a few times um, today. You've talked about these teams that are like, they're good. Let's just, we're just good teams. Like we we can't say they can win a playoff game yet, but you, they can also beat any team. You're talking about Kentucky. Uh, we're going to put Washington in there right now. Cause we don't know much more as an example. Oregon's a good team. Uh, you know, Florida wants to be a good team. There's several of these teams out there. And I saw somebody put it this week when they were, they were talking about the top 25. They said this, this one person said that it was uh high state, Alabama, Georgia, of course, and Michigan were the top four. But then he said, there's a huge gap to everybody else. And I said, I don't, think that's true because I watched Ohio State, you know, play Notre Dame tough. I watched Alabama, you know, go to the wire with Texas. Georgia has not stumbled at all. So, mm-hmm. but but what I I guess my point is in Michigan, we haven't solved they've looked fantastic against admittedly weak opponents. But I said I don't see the gap because I saw Texas should have beat Alabama. I saw Notre Dame that a couple of accidents, you know, they could play with Ohio State. And then I ask you, like, do you think there's a gap that we've been talking about? It, it was Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia all summer. Mm-hmm. And it was those three in a gap. Do you see a gap? No, not as big as I thought it would be, to be honest. Like, and I was one of those guys, like, you know, we were talking about why was Clemson ranked number four going into the season. And, you know, it was like you, me. I know I was saying it. And Zach, it was like, it doesn't matter. Put anybody at four. Nobody cares. Like, that's why they put Clemson yeah. at four, because nobody cares who the fourth team is and like. I don't know if what the expectation, I mean, I don't really care about what the expectation was for Michigan. Like 
I know we needed to beat them and that's all that mattered. I don't care if they went undefeated right. or not. Like we need to beat them. So it doesn't matter what they do. Good for them if they're great, but just don't be greater than us. Um, but like Michigan looks like a team, but you know, I got to see strong, but they're handling business. They're doing something oh, yeah, like actually. They're doing business against teams. They need to handle business but, against. But just so, like, I would say like, I mean, if USC and Michigan play tomorrow, I don't know who wins. Or if USC and Ohio State play, I mean, any any of these top four yeah. teams, like Georgia obviously has looked the best. They've beat a couple decent opponents and just mashed them. There's been no look back. But I also know like, well, if you're going to, you can't tell me that one team is that, is that much better. I don't think there's a gap that people do. I never really, never really did. I thought Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State, very talented teams. Um, but I, I, I don't, people still talking about this gap and I'm like, I don't know. Clemson's pretty good. And I just want to point this out there. I had Clemson. I think I had them as number four in my opening rankings, by the way, after week four, uh, Jeff's uh, neat sports playoff rankings will be coming out. I wanted to wait till after a conference schedule started. There was no reason to jumble the rankings through most of these games have been, you know, dumpster fires, but, um, yeah, I Clemson a four and it's turned out like when you look at their schedule, like I don't see the loss for Clemson on their schedule. So like they are, as of now, I consider them a playoff team, you know, DJ's playing good, but that's just one example of like that, that gap's not there. I don't see them getting in the playoffs and, you know, getting their doors blown off like everybody said. Uh, I, I don't. I just. I don't. I don't see how you could watch the ups. I don't say you see App State beat A and M, and then tell me that nobody can beat the top three teams or you know or the top four teams, whatever you want to put it at. Now, I don't think that's true at all. Yeah, I don't think it's there the way everybody expected it to be, and I don't think I don't get how you watch the past three weeks and then tell me that that gap is still there, like. Is Ohio State like coming into their own right now? And like, could we have a different conversation that they're head over heels better than almost everybody not named Georgia, Alabama, or Michigan? Yeah, we could. But right now, like, I think Ohio State could get got. And especially when you're saying after the top four teams, it's a huge gap. Like, I'm not going to discredit Oklahoma like that. I'm not going to discredit you. Exactly. Like, like that's right. I'm not going to discredit Kentucky like that. Like they got a strong win under their belt. Like, so there's certain teams like, do I think Kentucky beats Ohio state today? No, I don't. But do I think the gap is so big that I'd have to walk away surprised if it was a closer game than anybody thought? Like if Ohio state plays Kentucky today, they're 14 and a half point favorites, probably guaranteed even on a neutral site at home, they're 17 and a half. Would I be surprised if Kentucky covered? No, I wouldn't. Like, do I think they're a good enough team where they could play them close? Like, like you said, we saw Notre Dame in week one play them close, and look how we view Notre Dame right now. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just one of those, like, I don't think the gap is as big, especially when you tell me, like, the four best teams are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Michigan, which I think pretty much everybody agrees with what they've seen so far. I so think far. People question Alabama a little more than anybody else um, because of that hiccup where they should have lost to Texas. But outside of that, like, I'm not going to, you're not going to tell me that Clemson, USC, and Oklahoma, and Kentucky can't play with none of those teams. Yeah. yeah there's no way you can tell Georgia me. This is the standard right now. Then, okay. But like, if you're telling me they can't play with none of those four teams, like, I'd be surprised. Georgia yeah, is the I standard agree. right now, and they do look like a team that's trying to go back to back, well, and they look like they have the strongest case right now. But the gap between the top four and then five, six, seven, and eight is not, it's yeah, not. That, yeah. That's right now. Yeah, there's just no way. And that's another one of those things. There are people that are against the playoff expansion. They're like, oh, it doesn't matter who plays. I'm like, it does. Like, there's there's a lot of good teams. There, there's going to be upsets. One of the top, one of these four teams that we're talking about is going to get beat because of high state Michigan play. So you Georgia can't tell me there's oh yeah, Georgia and Alabama eventually have to play. Um, so you can't tell me that there's a huge gap when two of them are, we're gonna 
two of these teams are going to have a loss. So yeah, what, what, least. That, what's the huge gap? Like you can't, we can't put them all four in, you know, after the conference championship games, if it works out that way. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think it's, I think it's too early and I think it's sort of disrespectful to college football. Like I can't watch Ole Miss play and say that the gap is that big. Like that's a good team. Just that's an example that we talked about earlier. And then, um, so I got a quick OSU question. Um, this came in from a listener. Listen to us all the time. It's my buddy. Uh, we used to be on the show together on Tuesday Aftermath, Max. He actually called me up in person, and he specifically said, I got a question from Mo Murphy. <laughs> and uh, he had a few questions. Some of them were more funnier than others. Uh, he's a huge Buckeye fan, but he's a huge football fan too. So he sees the game within the game. Uh, he's mm-hmm. actually a really great football mom. So his realistic question was, you know, when you're watching this OSU offense, we're seeing him score all the points. Stroud looked. We talked about it. Stroud is the most NFL ready quarterback. You know, in college football, I don't. I don't. There's no discussion about it as far as an NFL team. If you look at what he's doing with his feet and his eyes and the the windows he's throwing in, ready for the NFL tomorrow. Different question than you know a college quarterback. Um, you know, a Bryce Young would have an argument, but anyway. But he's wondering is Ryan Day has basically abandoned like the RPO the option game, all that stuff that they ran, you know, with fields and, uh, you know, go back to JT Barrett and all this. But he's wondering, the question is, is that detriment to Ohio State's offense? Is it actually limited a little bit? Because what his argument is, the defensive backs just aren't worried about turning their back on the quarterback that, you know, that fear of him taking off, you know, behind you and gouging yards. So Mo Murphy, huge high State fan, huge football fan. You watch the game. And, is a high state's lack of a quarterback running potential. They don't even have to really run at potential. Um, is that actually slowing down what could be what this great offense is? So Jeff, I don't know if you remember, we had this conversation last year. Yeah. Remember I said that. I know, you know how I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, I know this is this year though, with this, no, no, no. Stroud, with but this version of Stroud. That's we did have that conversation last year and I did feel that way, but I look at it this year and I'm like, This is a guy who last year we had some questions, not whether Stroud was going to be great. Just was he great at that moment? Like, was he going to lead us to play for a national championship? I think he's there now. And I'm looking at the throws he makes. And what Ohio State did is they abandoned the RPO. And then they put seven talented wide receivers on the field where it doesn't matter if the defensive backs have to turn their back on these wide receivers. Look at the throws he makes. He puts them in the tightest of windows and they have the, uh, the, capability they have the receivers capable of making those insane catches where it's a tough throw and tough catch and it takes elite play from quarterback and receiver to be able to do it and so I think like I was a little skeptical about like man I think we need the threat of his legs like how we needed like how we had Justin Fields and Barrett but I don't want to say this I hate doing this but Stroud might be the best thrower of the thrower of the football from the pocket that Ohio State has had it sure looks like it right now. Fields was great. Fields was great. So that's yeah. the measurement stick. I think Fields was the best all-around quarterback we've had. Yeah. Uh, Haskins had a great year. But I still think, like, when I'm looking at he can make every throw on the field. Like, if you watch the Toledo game, like, 95% of the quarterbacks, and you'll know what play because you watched the game, but 95% of the quarterbacks, you remember when he dumped it right over that linebacker, like, right out of his hand reach when he jumped up for it? Like, that's an interception by 95% of the quarterbacks. But it wasn't for C.J. Stroud. And the other guys, I give the benefit of the doubt, was like Bryce Young probably doesn't throw that as a pick. 
Uh, Will Levis probably doesn't throw that as an interception, but 95% of NCAA football quarterbacks, that's a pick going the other way and possibly a pick six. Like, so I think when you get a guy who can literally make every throw that you ask him to make, whether it's that, and then you have weapons, JSN wasn't healthy. He had two, two catches for 20 some yards and we still end up having superstar receivers. Julian Fleming finds the end zone twice. So I think we just, revamp the offense where we don't need that RPO option. We're too, we're too deep at running back. We're really like four deep at running back, but we have a two back system where we can run it any type of way. We don't need that threat of CJ Stroud running the ball. Like I, I, I really believe we don't right now. That's fair. There you go, Max. There's your answer. Uh, I, he, I know he feels different and I see both sides of it. I see what he's saying. Cause when your quarterback doesn't have a run threat, then you know you're basically giving them an extra defender in the secondary. But I also agree with you with the way Stroud's throwing it, and the less hits, the better. I still think that he could steal some. I think the best option would be just every now and then when it's open, just steal ten yards just to keep him awake. I wish he would do that a little more. He may, he may. I don't know that he won't. But then when I went back and rewatched that offense, it was it was almost perfect in that that first half. I was you know a little hard on him at first because of the score, but when I just watched it as an offense, that first half was just unbelievable. And they don't need it right now. They may be in there. Maybe it will be in there. We we have no idea when they'll unleash it. Or maybe there's a wildcat option. You know, with all the athletes they got out there, maybe you know a Debo Samuel or you know type situation like they got in San Francisco to where. It's not your quarterback getting hurt, but when you get down to the goal line, it gives you some options. Um, if I had to guess, it'd be a Mecca Buka if we did do that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Something like that. So that, that's probably going to be in the future. I mean, Day's, I, I'm going to give Day credit. So far, he seems smarter than me. So I think he's got it under control. I would like, I'd like to see, see Stroud steal yards, but I don't necessarily know that I need the RPO back just yet. And maybe Stroud's just not that guy. Like maybe they've tried to work it in and he just, he's just not an RPO guy and they've abandoned it. We don't know that. So. I mean, they asked him about it last year, and he said, "If they like, if I came to play running back, I'd play running back." Like, yeah, I, but he he got reactionary on that because also like when you're rolling out of the pocket, there's 12 empty yards in front of you, and you're throwing it in these tiny tight windows. I understand that's what you do, but go ahead and take like we like take, take with the defense. like Max said, like Max said, watch jo- even Josh Allen on the best quarterback in the league, he still steals like 15 yards every now and then. Like, yeah. But I, I I know Stroud was being defensive of himself and his in his skill set. I don't blame him for what he said, but I also think it was more of like I, he felt a little insulted than anything else, and that's fine. I have no this idea. Is enough, like I, I kind of like that fire yeah. that he showed in that. That's what I took away yeah. from that when he said that. I'm like he basically like he's a really soft spoken kid, but I think he was kind of like f you is what he wanted yeah. to say. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm 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 good with that. I'm good with that. So um, we'll move on. So we're going to start with our overall takeaways real quick um, from the weekend. What what did we learn is what I called it on here. I'll go first real quick because it hit me late. And then I finally, like, I'm like, what did I learn? What did I learn? Because I try to really, like, think about the overall. Here's what I learned. Uh, college football has to speed up the game. Uh, this is getting crazy. These games now with with all the passing, with the, with the clock stopping every first down, almost every play that good teams runs a first down. So the clock, like, stops every what a play takes seven seconds. So every seven seconds, it's, you know, it seems like it's stopping. Um, the games are taking forever. It defense, the defenses are just on the field all game because like, they're just constantly coming back on the field because nobody runs any time off the clock. They run a lot of plays, but no time runs off the clock. Just as a viewer, like you tune in, you're like, my goodness, it's only like the beginning of the fourth quarter. in some of these, I think the best option is maybe you maybe go back to, 
like first downs don't stop the clock until maybe a certain point in the game or a certain point in the half or something like that. Maybe you give them, you know, a few more seconds on the clock. I don't know, but just my overall takeaway is like, this is getting ridiculous. Like I love watching these games, but I tune in the next set of games is supposed to start. And the one before it's in the end of the third quarter and it's 45 to 37. It's like, yes, give up some scoring. I watch the NFL and I look at the tension and I look at the, like there's so much importance because that clock is just ticking, 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 mm-hmm. ticking. Um, I think college football, I know they tried it once. I, I was there when they tried it. I mean, I remember the 06 Buckeyes famously ran out the clock on Michigan uh, because it didn't stop on a first down and it was weird to see, but we got to figure out something. Uh, this is, it's just, it's just out of hand. Yeah, I uh, do hate, like, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I do hate that I look and it's like, 3.30 and I'm watching midway through the fourth quarter and all the other games have kicked off and I'm still tuning into this game if it's obviously a game worth yeah. watching. Uh, something I learned this week is, I don't know, I just feel like each week I'm like, there's a lot of good college football teams. Like, this is a great college football season. Like, yes. when it's all said and done, you know, the playoffs are going to be the playoffs, but like, there are matchups that are have been great. Like, we have gotten some great games. Like, it's not all the elite teams are blowing out all the bad teams. And then I think the way they've scheduled it, they've scheduled enough good games each week that's worth tuning in for, but not they didn't schedule too much where it damages too many teams' seasons yeah. moving forward. So that's what I do like. It's like there was five to six quality games worth watching this weekend. but And it was a bad weekend. It was the worst schedule of the season. Yeah, and that was what people were complaining about. And I'm like, these turned out to be really good games. Yeah. I said, and how many teams' seasons are over after – this past week, like BYU, that's yeah. pretty much it. Like everybody gave themselves fighting shots. I mean, you could say Miami season could be over, but if they went out and they're 11 and one ACC champs, like I'm just saying, you never know. No, no that's true. Like, those, nobody important took that second loss. I think the only, t- only two teams that are buried are BYU and Notre Dame because they don't have a conference championship game. Yeah. Like I, I think, mean, I think they're done because of it. This state won't run the table, but like projecting that it's a possibility, they could be 11 and one big 10 champs. Like, they're, they're still we talk, you know who somebody we haven't talked about is Oklahoma State. <laughs> they're yeah, like what are they? Aren't they undefeated still? Yeah, they're, they're I think they're up to like top ten this week. <laughs> yeah, so and that that was one of your teams that was in that top eight uh initially, but it's just before I saw Oklahoma play. Of, yeah, that's true. I'm nervous. But there's a lot of good teams. Um to me, there's a lot of good teams and there's a lot of good games. And even this coming weekend, like there's there's some matchups I'm gonna sit down and watch, including ours. Oh, like, go ahead. Let's just go right. Let's go right into matchups, man. Uh, Florida and Tennessee might That's be the awesome. one I'm most excited to watch. I think my mom's from Tennessee, so she's a big Tennessee oh, balls cool. fan. Yeah, she's a big balls fan. So like, I grew up all her side of the family. Like, I they're all from Tennessee. I grew up around that balls. It seems like a good. I'll ask you real quick since you know that seems like I always kind of like was partial to them. Like growing up, as far as like man, they just seem fun. Like you, you know, you have other teams. Like I was always a Buckeye, yeah. of course, and then I used to have other teams. Tennessee, I always really like good fans. You oh, they care. love they love their balls. Awesome. First off, like I've been to, you know, I've gone to visit back in Tennessee. Like I used to go every year. So like they love their balls. It's Tennessee everywhere. Like my another one of our good teams. Yeah, my mom's like in a small town in Tennessee. But it's like if you go in Columbus, like it's Buckeyes everywhere. Like you go in Walmart and can buy Buckeyes gear. Like yeah. it, it's like that uh, out there in Tennessee. But so she cool. typically we usually watch that game together 
every year. Like as long as they're not playing at the same time as Ohio State, like that's a game. Like she'll come over and watch or whatever. So I'll definitely be tuning into that at the three thirty game. That's a great game. Time. Um, but that's then a good got, looking like, game too, by the way. Yeah, just that blue the colors, the blue, the orange, the orange the field. Like, I wish um, it was a night game. I, uh, but it, it, it is a better is night. Like so, no, not this week, but. I should be. I, I'm hoping to be at the Ohio State game this week. I'm. I'm. I. I've almost clicked. I've the tickets I tried to buy today kind of got bought out from under me. So as of now, I will be in in attendance uh, this week. Uh, Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Yeah, like I just there's some big games like Arkansas plays A and M. Like A and M just had a bounce back win. Arkansas struggled a little more than we thought against Missouri State. And this is an elimination game. Whoever loses, like we basically don't care about anymore. Especially if A and M loses, because that'll be their second loss, and then yeah. they'll have a loss to App State, obviously, and then um, Arkansas. So like A and M season could essentially end as far yeah. as real importance um, for the rest of the season. Uh, but yeah, that Florida Tennessee, I think that Clemson Wake Forest, like I'm interested I had, to see I like had it on my list too. Them close. Like, I mean, they're what? They're going into the game as seven and a half point dogs, but like, can they play that close? People think it'll be close. Uh they got their Sam Hartman, they got their quarterback back. And I think Wake Forest and, can put up a lot of points. They looked a little shaky this past week, but and we've talked I'll, I'll take the other side of that. The Clemson side is why I had it circled. Like we talked about all these good teams so far. You just mentioned another one. Whoever you know, the whoever wins the Tennessee Florida game is going to be put themselves there. Good team, Kentucky, USC, all these teams. Clemson can't afford to slip up in a in a. We'll say one of the probably the fourth weakest conference right now. It's definitely the fourth weakest. Um, yeah. So they can't afford to slip up. Yeah. So they have to play actually. It might be fifth. It's probably fifth in conferences right now. So Clemson can't slip up because it's going to be hard to gain that ground back against, you know, a, a Pac-12 team or you know one of the uh, Big 12 teams or something. So I think it's an important game for Clemson to show that they're legit. Um, just like you know, surprisingly, have five teams ranked. The yeah, ACC I know. Has five, but I yeah, still think NBA, all said and done, eight. all said and done, it's going to look. That or the Big Twelve, obviously, is going to look look like yeah, it's going to look conference. different later on because also three of those teams are like in the late teens and yeah, 20s. yeah, you got Miami who I don't think can hang around the top twenty five. Uh, yeah. Wake Forest is I don't think Wake Forest is going to win, so that's going to drop them out. You know what I mean? North Carolina State, we'll see, but um, but Clemson's got a Notre Dame that's going to be a big name on their schedule coming up. But I just think Clemson needs to just look good. They don't have to blow them out or anything. Just look solid. No, just and, and everybody will be like, okay, Clemson's fine. Like they're they're back in contention. Because I really think that this year the playoff spots are going to be hotly debated more than usual. I don't think it's I do not think the two teams from one conference are getting in this year. I, I'm standing by it. I don't think it can happen. Because you've said it all show long how many good teams there are. There's no way that you can tell me that two of them can come out that, that just play each other. Two of these teams. Yeah. I just so I really think that every team you know needs to to take care of their business and put themselves in contention. So that game and of course OSU Wisconsin for the exact same reason. Ohio State you know, blew the doors off a Toledo team that people, some people say are good. Some people don't care. Wisconsin's a good team. Uh, you know, they had a bad loss, but their defense, you know, their Jim Leonard defense can be really good. Um, their offense, if it's running right, can be good. And so it's a nice solid test for Ohio State. Stroud's finally going to get some pressure on him. He's going to get knocked around a little bit. The receivers are going to get pushed around a little bit. And Wisconsin's going to try to be physical and see if they can take it. It's going to be a nice, nice physical test for High State to see if there is that gap or if they've still got work to do. Yeah. And that Wisconsin loss 
come the end of Saturday could not look as bad because yeah. if Was if uh who they they lost to Washington, Washington State. Washington State's three and zero and plays a ranked Oregon team. If they yep. win that game, they're four and zero. And now you look if Wisconsin loses to Ohio State, which we both expect, then they have two. I would imagine Washington State would jump into that rank as even if they're in the twenties. So now their yep. two losses are against ranked opponents. One that's in the twenties now, and then obviously the number two team or number yep. three team in the country. Um, so that loss against Washington State may not look. It may not age as bad if Washington State was able to pull the upset over Oregon. Yeah, the, the whole focus on yeah the right. whole focus on the Ohio State game is. Do they get physically pushed around? Because if they do, that's when the worries start. Because that's yeah. what happened last year. They got pushed around by you know physical teams. So if Wisconsin comes in there, even even in a win, but if they push Ohio State around and and uh, get Stroud on his back, then then if you're gonna, everybody's going to look at this Michigan team and be like, oh, here we go again. So I think it's yeah. important for I think it's a really important game for Wisconsin or Ohio State to like look more physical just tougher ready for the game all the above like it's uh it's on their shoulders to to uh to to go back and forth with wisconsin and look like look like the tougher team which yeah who knows who knows i've seen some good battles with those two over the years so um looking forward to it i hope i'm there um you know look for me i'll be wearing black <laughs> i think everybody's wearing yeah, black, black now. everybody's wearing black they need to bring back the black jerseys on fanatics i'm waiting for them to release what are we doing here so yo i did that one year we went to the penn state blackout one year and we sat in like well we not on purpose but our tickets were in like the predominantly penn state section so you look out there and you can still see it on pictures to this day there's a you know all white like section and there's there's us me and my wife wearing uh you can black. see like you can see two black dots right in the middle of it. It was really cool. Um, I, to this day, if you see the pictures, you can still pick us out of the lineup. Uh, Penn State fans, by the way, were really cool that night. No problem. Watch Saquon Barkley. Knew he was a superstar. I think he was a freshman. Um, it was a, it was a fun game, but all their fans were super cool. So I always like to throw that out there because yeah. I had a lot of bad experiences with fans. That was a good one. We, we had a good time watching watching the game with you know uh, the the rival fans, and there was no problems, and we we acted like adults. Um, we've lost some of that over the last four or five years. But yeah. We'll see how this one goes. Also, the last time I watched them play Wisconsin, uh, almost I almost either got beat up or thrown in jail or whatever. Things got a little carried away but uh i don't know man it's just you know a guy a guy taps you in the small of the back and like you know tells you to just go through a door i did it was something was wrong about it i was like well who you go you walk yeah. through the door i walk through the door when i want to walk through the door it got carried away it got really you got really carried away uh, and then that alcohol gets talks different i don't know what you're talking about mo uh <laughs> that, no, nothing to do with it anyway that's it for the show um uh, mo thanks a lot for doing this um we just recorded this mo you just did a show with jay right yeah, I did. Yeah, we talked about the had to talk about a rough topic in the Robert Sarver saga and, and scandal, I guess you would call it, and kind of just our thoughts on that. But then, you know, to be able to turn around, talk about a serious topic and then turn around and be able to talk college football with you, which is what we've done every week at this point. It's always great. Have two different type of conversations, but still have good conversations with two of the best in the business, honestly, between you and Jake. And yeah, yeah, that's why we invite you on, man. You uh, you make us uh, you make us better. That's for sure. So yeah, go check out the Jay Stevens. Uh, you know all the work he does. Jay Stevens podcast, Locked On Buckeyes. Uh, you catch Mo in there, and um, our president Chris LeBron just ran an awesome show. The uh, 
overreaction Monday was back. So go check that on the YouTube channel. The Optimal Network YouTube channel is really cool. Nice format. I jumped on there for a little bit. It was a lot of fun. So keep up with that. And then uh, appreciate everybody, you know, listen, like, review everything you do for us. It's It's been a blast. So uh, for Mo Murphy, for Jeff Hunt, um, we're out of here. We'll see you next week. And we have no idea what's going to happen. And that's what we love about college football. Have a great week, all.